The College Baseball Experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their new over-under game. Just head over to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group chat, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of the College Baseball Experience, where we're churning out daily college baseball gambling podcast episodes from conference tournaments to the NCAA tournament to College World Series. We've had winning podcasts galore. Unfortunately, yesterday's pod, we got juiced out. We went one and one. Uh, We were a sucker for Notre Dame, and uh, Arkansas ended the game in basically the fourth inning. So, uh, I'll get to reviewing those games, but first I have to tease a guest. Uh, we had Doug Ziefel from the Action Network, uh, who's covered college baseball the whole year from February to June, the beginning of the College World Series. I have seen some of his work, and I wanted to I wanted to get him onto the pod uh, just because he's been winning all year long, and I respect it. I respect the grind that, uh, you know, it's, it's a niche sport, and... Um, there's not many guys that are out here covering college baseball here in the streets. And he's been one of them that has been successful. Um, and he's new to the game and same with me. And I think he was great on the podcast. You guys are going to love him. Um, we really aligned on one of these games. And then on the other game, uh, we went separate ways and that's perfect. That's why you want multiple points of views for the games here. And honestly, I I loved the segment that we had with him. Um, but first, before we get to that, let's talk about the games that we had on Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon in Texas A&M and Notre Dame's case. Texas A&M, man, they've been such a good story, such a cool story, and I've slept on them. Honestly, I didn't respect their pitching staff enough. I didn't think that they would be able to hold Notre Dame to one run. Notre Dame, honestly, that's not the same team that we saw against Tennessee. They they played a little sloppy today they made too many mistakes two errors on the scoreboard but honestly there are even more mental mistakes in this game from the fighting irish i mean it doesn't start in the ninth inning but jack brannigan getting picked off in the ninth inning and that's this like second podcast in a row where it's just like why are you why are you getting picked off you're not stealing in that moment being down four runs and you have a little bit of a rally going it's just and in the eighth inning they had the base loaded struck out it was tough uh, for Texas A&M. Great to see that Dylan Rock got back on the horse. He got a hit finally in the College World Series. He's 1-4 uh, on the day. Two RBIs there for Dylan Rock. Uh, Trevor Werner, the third baseman, man, he, got, he had an error on the first play of the game and then came back with a double play to end 
I don't know what inning it was, but he went two for four with an RBI and a walk. Uh, good day from him at the plate, and I think it was it, it was somebody in the broadcast booth that said, "Hey, when you have two two hits at the plate and you have a ribby, you're gonna forget about the year." And that's basically what he did. And um, from the Notre Dame side, it was the top three hitters in the order. They went over. Uh, over two, over two, over four from the top three guys, and then you had David Lamana go one for four, and then over three, over two, over two, and your seven hitter has three hits of your five. It's just not winning baseball. Um, that's kind of what happened there because Nathan Detmer absolutely shoved through seven innings, ninety nine pitches, six punchies. Three hits, no walks, no runs. Where did this come from? <laughs> um, I mean, like, I would have stuck with that cap every day of the week uh, that we had on this game, betting Notre Dame here, just because Detmer has not had his ace stuff throughout the NCAA tournament and um, got burned there with uh, just some trends that, you know, I mean, I've been doing that the whole postseason. That's what we've had winning podcasts on. And, uh, Liam Simon looked promising in the first inning. He struck out the the first three batters all one, two, three. And then uh, just the defense kind of fell apart behind him. And in an elimination game, you cannot mess with anything like that. He had three walks as well, so that does not help his cause. They turned to Jack Finley right away. Um, and Texas A&M kind of hit him. Uh, he gave up five hits, gave up two runs, only had a strikeout as well, and they – they went long on him too. Um, that was uh, who hit the long ball? It was Werner. Yeah, of course. I don't know why I didn't mention that earlier uh, with his two hits. Um, of course, RBIs. But uh, oh my God, this is a wreck. Um, but yeah, I mean Notre Dame's bullpen. Finley gave up two, and then you you bring in Rayo and Mercer, and they didn't give up a run. <laughs> it was, in my opinion, it was not a bad handicap it's just the way college baseball rolls sometimes and for the nightcap um the handicap was about (laughs) what we said it was it was a tough game honestly for me to for me to pick it but um Arkansas just ran away with it with the bats it was not just a one-time thing it was just or it was just a one-time thing facing the left-handed pitcher I don't know what it is it's probably just in their heads but also another move um was moving Brady Slavens down in the order. He had another 0 for 5 day. They moved up Peyton Stovall, who went 5 for 6. Kids just playing out of his mind in the postseason. Uh, good to see him playing well. Um, and Brady, Brady Slavens, you know this is going to happen. You know he's going to come up big in one of these games in the 8 spot here for this Razorback order. And for Auburn, man, it's going to be tough seeing him go. He had two hits, but Sonny did Sonny DeShera. Um he's our postseason prince. <laughs> um the the uh, Auburn Babe Ruth. They showed a graphic of him at the beginning of the Auburn game. He had the same on base percentage as Frank Thomas. It was like five fifty. Just ridiculous to <laughs> compare compare the tank versus Sonny D. Uh just hilarious stuff there. And props to him on a heck of a season being the SEC player of the year. Um it's just 
when you rely on one guy in the batting order to do all the damage for you, sometimes it doesn't pan out. Sometimes it does. <laughs> I mean, when he won two games against Oregon State, um, but the Auburn order just didn't quite get it going um, against Arkansas. Bobby Pierce hit a home run in the ninth inning. Um, he went one for four in the day with an RBI. Mason Barnett didn't look terrible. They uh, pushed across four runs in 2.2 on him, but the guy that stole the show was Will McIntyre over there for Arkansas. He only gave up three hits, one earned run. He had nine strikeouts with one walk and 99 pitches. This guy's been an amazing story, and there was a video that they put out of him after the game with his parents, and it was just... that's I, I showed my dad because that's the stuff that... You know, college baseball is about the the family's all excited about it, and he's giving them hugs. And then the mom goes, "Let's take a picture. It's going on the Christmas card. It's hilarious. That's nothing gets better than that in college baseball. the 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 parents scene is like it, it. You have some wackos, but most of the time, it's all love. Um, and I thought Auburn brought out Carson Skipper a little bit too late in this game. It already got out of hand. They were already down like eight to eight to nothing at one point, and they bring in Car- Carson Skipper, and he was the lefty that had the good matchup against Arkansas, and they just brought him in too late. They brought in the sidewinder, the sidearm uh, Armstrong, and you know I I always I always uh, I'm a sucker for those guys because I am one myself, but. Um, just thought that they should have went with Skipper there. It is what it is. But before we get into the semifinal games with Doug Ziefel from Action Network, <clears throat> let me tell you about WinBet. Make sure to get down on Win's bet. $50 win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you up to $200 in free bets. You can also bet $500 on the sports or the casino in the WinBet app and do that before July 31st, 2022 to get entered in to win the Ultimate Fantasy Football Draft and experience an Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed, so if you bet $1,000, you would get two entries. Uh, there is so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. The offer is subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com, must be 21 or older, and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a league on there, and I use it for some of mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry, and now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple because in first in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, their number of points scored in basketball or hits recorded in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to make and or enter into the contest. And if you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the amount of money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and we can play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button, and it's insanely fun to ride out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game, have fun with your friends, and make some money. Use the promo code SGPMLB at sleeper.com slash SGP to get the 100% deposit match. 
Also, we're brought to you by Trade Coffee. They connect customers to the freshest and best tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Expert tasted coffee with Trade's coffee, coffee team, they actually taste test thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade's first match guarantee is so confident that they'll match you with right the first time, and if they don't, they'll take your feedback, and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. Because the truth is, what I like and what you could like is totally different. You will like a selection of specific coffees that are different from anyone else's taste. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get, your start, get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com SGP and Trade will find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com SGP for $30 off. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed on your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and promotional code SGP. Use it to claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Now batting on the college baseball experience, a college football, a college basketball, an MLB, and also a college baseball analyst, and he's a contributor for college baseball for the Action Network, Doug Ziefel. Doug, how are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Noah. It's great to be on the podcast with you. No problem, my man. I mean, the College World Series is just an amazing event, and it's a perfect wrap on the academic season for college sports. Um I've been having or trying to have as many different personalities that are gambling on college baseball as we can during this great event and couldn't be happy, happier for you to be joining the college baseball experience here. Um, any kind of opening thoughts of what we've seen so far from the college world series? And is there anything that jumps out to you with the four teams that are remaining here in our semi semifinal games? I mean, the college world series has been tremendous so far, you know, We've, we've already seen the top two teams in Stanford and Texas go down. 
And then we've seen upstarts in Old Miss and Arkansas just seem to get hot at the right time. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to see them battle it out potentially, you know, potentially for one or even other two games, depending on who wins here. So the rest of the week is going to be great. Yeah, that matchup is definitely probably the most exciting one we've seen in Omaha this year. And what makes it even more fun is this little sideshow at Rocco's Pizza in Omaha with the uh, whole Jello shot challenge. It's hilarious. Uh, I've, I've seen that. I saw somebody commented that Arkansas uh, already beat the record by like uh, over a couple hundred Jello shots. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, they uh, just posted an update like an hour ago. Arkansas is at 6,870. <laughs> the record was in like 2,200. Oh my God. Um, That's incredible. Yeah, dude. But uh, <laughs> I think a major storyline from this year's College World Series has been that in the 10 games that we've had in Omaha, none of them have really been closer than a four-run winning margin. Do you have any idea or conspiracy of why that may be? Are batters just more talented than pitchers? Are the balls juiced? Are the bats corked? A lot of wacky things are flying around from everybody following college baseball. Are you committed to any of those theories? I have definitely seen a lot of chatter from the media and the coaches about the ball. You know, I think it was yeah. Dave Van Horn the other day came out and he said throughout the season, he definitely feels the ball is different by his own experience and talking to other coaches. And, you know, we, we saw that like in regionals, I mean, the ball just took off yeah. for all over the, all over the country. And now even in Omaha, uh, you keep hearing Kyle Peterson saying it on the broadcast. He's like, balls are flying even when the wind is blowing in. So I, I would, it does not shock me to see it, uh, uh, if the balls are definitely changed for this. Yeah, we had an, World Series. we had an overs fest during the regional, and we mm -hmm. we cashed big time here for me and some of the listeners of the podcast on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, for sure. And we've honestly seen that so far in Omaha too. I think both games today. Um, I think no, Arkansas may have cashed that over on their own today, but the Texas A and M Notre Dame game went under. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that makes it six and four, six and seven and three for the over. Definitely one of those two. The over has been profitable here in Omaha this year. I know you've been betting on college baseball, writing articles all season long for action. Did you have any great calls this year? Maybe some bad beats. Do you have a future on a team that's still alive in Omaha right now? Unfortunately, my futures died with Stanford. I bet them right before the postseason. I had them at plus 1200 and I was feeling great coming in because they were still my best bet coming into the, the last eight here. And they're, you know, had great COV on the line. And unfortunately, they just been bounced very quickly. But yeah, yeah the, uh, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was just saying, like, I was very surprised that their offense just didn't really, it was kind of a no show. They only put up four total runs in two games. Yeah. And part of it is just, you know, the, the struggles of Alex Williams, you know, he really, him, not being able to get out and recover in game one really put them behind the eight ball. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of kind of rough to see the Pac-12 pitcher of the year just not really have any tournament success this year. That was one thing that I was really looking at um, throughout the tournament is like, this guy's struggling. I don't know why, but yeah, it was just uh, something that I couldn't really back in, especially in Omaha against Arkansas, who I praying that they can get through Ole Miss for two games here is that's the one team that I still have alive at 25 to one but uh wow 
Yeah, kind of lucky. I'm more of like a I'm a spray shooter. I have a wide. I had a I think I had like six all for like a quarter, not even not even a corner of a unit, but uh, just trying to get uh, cast a whole web out there, and it has not worked. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I was really sold this year on Oregon State, but they got taken down by Auburn, who Arkansas just beat on Tuesday. But let's jump into some of these semifinal matchups. At 1 o'clock Central Time, we have the fifth overall seed in Texas A&M. A great story this year, uh, going from not even making the SEC tournament to now with Jim Schlossnagel as the head coach. They've won two games in Omaha, which is the first time they've ever done that in program history. They're 47 and 19 this year, but they're taking on Oklahoma. They will need to beat them twice to move into the College World Series final series. Oklahoma's 44 and 22 on the year. Um, for this game, the odds are set at, they've been moving around. Um, honestly, Texas AM opened as plus 105. Now they're plus 115 on the money line. Oklahoma is minus 135 on the money line. The total is set at 14 and a half with minus 110 on both the under and over. Oklahoma minus one and a half is plus 125. AM plus one and a half is minus 145. Now, on the college baseball experience, I always start by giving a detailed pitching report with who's rested and who's not. And we'll start with, we'll start with the designated away team in Texas AM. In the Notre Dame game, they started their ace, Nathan Detmer, who threw 99 pitches in an absolute gem. So unless he's Campbell's Cade Keener, I don't think he's going to start tomorrow. Um, In relief, the Aggies used their second and fourth best relievers in Joseph Menifee, who threw 28 pitches, and Brad Ruiz, who threw 15. On the Sooner side of things, on Sunday in relief, Jared Godman made a quick appearance. He'll be fine. And more importantly, though, Doug, their most trusted arm, Trevin Michael, threw 39 pitches. I think he'll also be ready to go, but, I mean, I would consider only one day of rest, 25 pitches or less, would be full rest. He's, mm-hmm. in my in my assumption, not going to be completely rested here. On Monday, Micah Dallas, A&M's number two starter, threw 95 pitches, so neither him or Nathan Detmer will start this game against Oklahoma, which leaves us to project their number three starter, Ryan Prager, who's one in three with a 490 ERA, 50 strikeouts, 24 walks in 57 innings pitched this year. I think he's going to end up getting the ball. As for OU, their number two starter, David Sandlin, made a 23-pitch appearance against AM in game one, giving up four runs and only getting one out. The other option that they could do is maybe start Chaz Martinez, who is fully rested with eight starts. He's four and three with a 486 ERA. 67 strikeouts, 31 walks, and 63 innings pitched. Or they could go with their ace, Jake Bennett, after throwing 92 pitches against AM on Friday. And this would be MLB four day rest. Uh, Bennett is 10 and 3 on the year with a 366 ERA, 123 strikeouts, 22 walks, and 110.2 innings. Um, on his line against the Aggies in day one was. Okay. Uh, He got tagged for four runs. I I believe it was in the third inning. He threw six innings, gave up five hits, four runs, three strikeouts without a walk. Doug, who do you think Oklahoma is going to start in this game? And what do you think is going to happen in the afternoon tilt? I would feel they're definitely going to go with Sandlin here. He's probably the most trusted option. And like you said, he didn't have a long outing in his first appearance in the college world series. And as far as A&M goes, like you said, uh, 
Prelish is probably the most probable option, but I think it's going to be a game that the Aggies are going to try to piece together. Okay. Because uh, they're going to have uh, Jacob Palish for sure available out of the pen. You know, he's been tremendous this year, and he was even he was all right in his first appearance in multiple innings, five punch outs, and and I also think you can also you're going to see uh, Wyatt Tucker come out of the bullpen as well. So it's it's going to be a uh, you know a game that the Aggies are going to piece together, like I said. But overall, I think that puts them at a bit of a disadvantage, especially if uh, Polish fun- uh, falters, in, in, you know, in relief. The Sooners have proved to be an offense that just does not let up, especially in postseason play. And, you know, with the lack of depth and not having a guy who's going to really go deep into this game, it could really hurt the Aggies here. Yeah, I kind of – I like where you're going with that with the uh... – sort of i guess and we see it in the mlb with like what we term as a bullpen game you get mm-hmm. a long a long opener and probably what rager's prager's gonna do throw three innings maybe um hopefully in my handicap because i think texas a&m unless Chaz martinez starts for oklahoma they've already had quality at bats against both jake bennett and david sandlin they put up four runs on sandlin only sandlin only got one out in that appearance um, one positive for AM is that the middle of the lineup, especially Dylan Rock, did some damage against Notre Dame yesterday. Uh, I think that the Aggies are riding high. And also, uh, they have a fully rested Jacob Polish, uh, their best reliever. He's 6-3 and three with a 247 ERA, 65 strikeouts, 11 walks, 5 saves, and 54.2 innings pitched. I think they're going to let him ride for 30 pitches max so they hopefully can use them in the second game against Oklahoma as well so you got to get them into a good situation like you mentioned they're going to be stringing along a couple of pitchers hopefully they can keep Oklahoma at bay because like you mentioned Peyton Graham and this Oklahoma Sooners offense has been outstanding in Omaha and honestly throughout the NCAA tournament barring one loss against uh, Florida and one loss against Virginia Tech where they didn't uh, put up 10 runs basically (laughs) um AM, since they've already seen Michael, uh, Trevin Michael as well, they have good ABs um, and PVB against, I think, three guys that could easily pitch against them here in this game against Oklahoma. So I like them. I'm going to take AM plus 115, and I'm going to lean the over. I think, like you mentioned, piecing some pitching staffs together. Uh, and Sandlin, I think he uh, has a rough go. So I think the over 14 and a half would be the play here. Uh, do you have any lead on the total? Yeah, that was actually what I was about to I was about to ask you on is definitely, you know, the, even though the totals are slowly being bet up, you know, as like we, like we discussed earlier, we're seeing the offense carry over into Omaha. 14 and a half is something that is doable for the way these two offenses have been. And especially I took a look at the weather for tomorrow. It's going to be 91 degrees in Omaha. And that's one of the hotter days of this week so far. So, you know, hot, hot, hot air balls going to travel. And like you said, uh, A&M has a lot of familiarity with Oklahoma staff. So, yeah. I think I think one big thing that we have to look at uh, tomorrow in the weather report is just which way the wind's blowing, whether it's coming in from center field straight into the batter's face or whether it's blowing from left to right. We've seen a lot of opposite field home runs hit in this College mm-hmm. World Series. Um, in game two, now I'm going to refresh our page here because – we're recording this the night before. That's um, how, we, how we get it out there for everybody to be able to listen to this with the most amount of time during their day. 
on Tuesday and no odds still have not been posted. So at six o'clock central time, the nightcap is between the Arkansas Razorbacks who are 48 and 21 on the year against Ole Miss. Who's 42 and 22. Um, it would be easy to say that we just saw these two teams play and Ole Miss clobbered them 15 to three, but let's dive into some pitching because I would argue that the rebels didn't see their, the best of what the Razorbacks have to offer from the mound. The only guy that I think is safe to remove from the equation for the hogs is Will McIntyre who started versus Auburn and shoved for seven innings and 99 pitches. The Rebs faced and hit Zach Morris, Cole Ramage, Evan Taylor, and Jackson Wiggins, but Auburn didn't really help out Ole Miss's cause by getting blown out by Arkansas. The Razorbacks have Brady Tiger and Hagen Smith fully rested, and get this, Dan, Dave Van Horn doesn't, uh, if he doesn't want to toss their ace, Connor Noland, off of 79 pitches in four days of rest, which he totally can, I think that we could see Hagen Smith start a game again. Uh, after all, DVH said that the main reason why he didn't start McIntyre over Zach Morris was that because the Rebels had worse splits versus lefties than righties. If he wants to use that thinking again, Hagen Smith, without an Omaha appearance yet, is definitely in the mix to start. He's 6-2 and two with a 485 ERA, 82 strikeouts, 43 walks in 72.1 innings pitched. Or the ace, Connor Nolan, could go. He's 8-5 and five with a 375 ERA, 106 strikeouts, 34 walks, and 108 innings pitched. As for Ole Miss, Dylan DeLucia and Hunter Elliott have both dealt in the first two games Ole Miss has played in Omaha, but their third starter, Derek Diamond, has not been reliable with a 4 and 4 ERA and a 6 or a 4 and 4 record and a 6.89 ERA. Do they start him or bring back Delusha who's 7 and 2 on the year with a 4.07 ERA, 98 st- strikeouts, 26 walks and 86.1 innings pitched after 114 pitches and 4 days of rest. Either way, Ole Miss's bullpen has thrown 21.2 scoreless innings in the NCAA tournament so far. So Doug What's going on on the bump for both these teams? And are, who are you taking in this matchup? Well, Arkansas definitely has – it's going to be all uh, – let me rephrase this. It's going to be all hands on deck for them. You know, like I said, like you said, uh, we're going to probably see Hagen Smith in this in this matchup at some point, whether he's yeah. out of the pen or he's starting this. You know, he's, he's kind of swung back and forth throughout the postseason and – He's definitely going to be a weapon, like you said, with the left-handed splits against this Ole Miss lineup. And like you said, it wouldn't be surprising to see Nolan come out of the pen here. He had an extremely efficient outing earlier. And uh, we've already seen coaches, you know, have no hesitation to turn to their aces when it's all on the line here. So on the mound, Arkansas is most likely going to have the advantage, especially if Ole Miss has to turn to Derek Diamond. Now, what's unfortunate about Derek Diamond is he was a very highly touted prospect coming yeah. into the year. He was what I think when I was researching earlier in this year, he was number 68 in terms of uh, overall draft prospects. And it, it just has been a very disappointing season for Derek Diamond. But you have to know that the talent is there. So if he comes out and surprises you, you know, it really shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. But at least on the mound, Arkansas is going to have the edge here. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And we interviewed Jonathan Mayo, uh, MLB uh, draft insider for MLB.com. And I believe on that 
opening, we had him for the first episode of the podcast. And I want to say he was talking about all the injuries with the pitchers and stuff. And I think he, he gave Derek diamond a slight mention in his top 100 uh, players that, I mean, college pitchers were kind of dry for him Mm -hmm. because of all the injuries. So uh, Derek diamond was some, was somebody that just has not had a great year this year, but he's still projectable in the majors. Um, for me in this game, I'll be on Arkansas. I think that the offense has been rolling besides when they face left-handed pitching themselves. Uh, Hunter Elliott shut them down. There's no Elliott on the mound today for the Rebels. I think that DVH is going to use his full pitching staff to make sure that they force a game seven in bracket two. Plus, I love the little flip in the batting order by the Hogs that they made against Auburn there when they moved uh, red hot Peyton Stovall into the two hole versus uh, the Tigers. He went five and six or five, four, six with a double and three RBIs. No big deal. Wow. Yeah. Um, Arkansas calls the Hogs and they get the W here. Uh, what do you see on this total? Like, let's say it opens at, I mean, it was at 12 and a half for game one between Ole Miss and Arkansas. Say we get that same total. Uh, where do you go if it's a 12 and a half? I, I would have to lean under on the total just because, you know, like you said, we're going to, we're going to see dominant pitching. Well, presumably the more pit more of a pitching edge from Arkansas here. And, you know, Ole Miss can afford to not take as many risks with their pitching here because they have a game to back up and then they could, they could toss to Lucia most likely, with exactly. the, you know, in, in the game seven here. So, if you see them a little bit conservative with their pitching, resting bullpens, you know, if they leave Diamond out to rot, you know, it's it's because they're playing for another day. I think that's honestly exactly why no odds have been released yet, because we've seen these things come out basically 10 minutes after games, and there's nothing at this point uh, for Arkansas and Ole Miss, and that could be exactly why, because they don't know how to measure what Ole Miss is going to do with their pitching staff here. Any, anything else that you want to add on these two games? Was there any points that you may have missed? Um, no, I just wanted to say that I'm definitely in agreement with you on, on Arkansas here. Like we said, you know, they're, they're going to have a, they're going to have the big advantage on the mound. And like with the questions with Ole Miss, they're definitely a team that even if we see a line open, you know, whatever it is, they're going to probably open uh, minus one thirty. Minus 135. A lot of these games are becoming much tighter line-wise than we saw earlier in the postseason. They're a team that we would need to play up all the way to, you know, minus 170, minus 180, even if you're comfortable laying to a two. They're, they're going to be a heavy favorite here. And they really, this is a game that they should win given Old Miss's uh, lack of depth on the mound. I completely agree with you. And with some of these games that have been played, like I said, 10 games in Omaha and none of them have been closer than four innings. So mm-hmm. if we get a, a reasonable price on that spread, I, I say we jump all over it because I, I feel mm-hmm. very confident in Arkansas making this uh, do or die go home game here in bracket two. So before you go, I want to say thank you for coming on here and chopping it up with me. I had, uh, tons of fun just talking to another guy about college baseball because uh, I mean it's it's a it's a niche sport and we've only got a few days left of it here in the College World Series in Omaha. So before you go, can you tell the listeners where they can find you on social media and what else uh, will you be covering once the college baseball season ends here? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Zeefel. You'll see all of my work posted through there. Uh, so far with action, you're going to see me cover Major League Baseball once the College World Series ends. Right now, I don't have a lot of published articles for the College World Series, as we have other guys on the staff that also covered. But all my picks are going to be in the action app, and you can be sure to follow me on there. And I'll have picks up every day and as far in advance as possible. All right. Thanks, man. This was a ton of fun. Uh, go check out all of Doug's work, guys. Uh, he's been doing it the full year, and I commend him for it because even I had to take a little bit off during uh, March, during the March Madness uh, <laughs> fiasco there. So uh, thank you for coming on to the podcast, and I look forward to staying in touch, man. Thank you for having me, Noah. All right, it's Noah Beanick coming in here after the interview with Doug. And lines for the Arkansas Ole Miss matchup have dropped. Arkansas is minus 120 opening as the favorite, and Ole Miss is plus 100. We both loved Arkansas there, and we even said that they could win by two or more runs here. Arkansas minus 1.5 is plus 135, and Ole Miss plus 1.5 is minus 155. The total is set at 12, and we were both leaning under. I actually said that the first game between these two teams, the total was set at 12.5. That was wrong. It was actually 10.5. But either way, that's what you call a sharp mind, as we basically pegged the total um, as the over actually opens juiced at minus 115, and the under is minus 105. Both of us were leaning under here in this matchup, and we're hoping that it goes to a Game 7, another game between Arkansas and Ole Miss, the two biggest fan bases by far here in the College World Series. Uh, Nothing like getting three games between the two fan bases. Uh, That's just what makes the College World Series great, and I I want a closer game. I really do. I, I want there to be some dramatics here in the semifinals. Um, because honestly, ten games in, we have not had a close one. I just, I just want, I, I just want big moments. You know, I don't want blowouts where the uh, announcers are talking about this stupid bridge twenty minutes into the game. Um, it feels like they've done that every game. But uh, go give Doug a follow on social media. Go give me a follow on Twitter at seventy seven NB. That is the word seventy, the number seven NB. Go follow the show on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. My co-host, Colby Dant, he's doing 131 solo episodes on 131 college football teams in the FBS, and they're doing over-under totals for each team. It's absolutely great. Brings in a ton of new listeners like you guys who just love to bet on college sports, and there's nothing better in the world, in my opinion. Um, With that, I just want to tell you guys, please, Go leave us a review, a like the podcast, share the podcast, rate the podcast, uh, leave a comment, um, interact on social media. I love it. Getting DMs from you guys. There's nothing better, in my opinion, just talking to you guys about some college baseball. And uh, yeah, uh, I think I think I'm out of here. So uh, thank you guys for experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. With that, I bid you adieu. Adios, amigos.